John chapter 15, 1 to 11. John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. everybody. Hi. We're going to read a book today. It's called The Ungiving Tree. Well, we're going to read this book and I want you to ask some questions because we're going to talk about this book. The Ungiving Tree. Once there was a tree. Da 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 da. Once there was a tree that had so much to give. It had branches to climb. It had leaves to jump in and fruit to eat. But this tree wanted to keep these gifts to himself. That's not very nice. Every autumn, children would come and try to gather the tree's leaves and make piles to climb and play in. <laughs> and the tree would call the police. It doesn't have any arms. How would he make a phone? Well, let's see what it does. Every spring, children would try to climb up this trunk and swing from the branches. That looked fun. And the tree would release his pet python, Larry. What? <laughs> Look at this. Larry ate the little boy. Wow, that tree is mean. The tree decided it had had enough. Well, never again is anyone to climb my branches or rest in my shade. My fruit and my leaves, they are mine, mine, mine. And the tree took all that he had and held it all in for months and years. And soon, hardly anyone remembered the story of the tree that had so much to give. The end. So do you like my book? Well, I thought the whole story was interesting. Doesn't work to eat any of the fruit on top. So what's the purpose of a tree? To climb, 
are split to build some houses. They do. What, Jess? What? What? What are trees supposed to do? Our trees, we wouldn't have any paper, and trees give you fresh air. So, are you telling me that it's the nature of a tree to give? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We good? There we go. Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? We're good. Um, it's a privilege again to be able to share God's word with you this morning, and that's a little clip that we saw in our life groups uh, a few months ago, and so we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, if you've been with us, or you haven't been with us because of school holidays and stuff, we've been talking about the, uh, the master plan. The last couple of weeks, Glenn's been uh, getting us into it, and you can see there this idea of moving people in following Jesus, like that's sort of our our vision and our mission as a church. Well, how did Jesus do it? Like, let's go straight to the, to the master and get some tips from how he did it, yeah? And so that's what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Glenn looked at growing disciples. Last week, he talked about caring for people, and that was uh, really insightful, very challenging, encouraging. So if you missed out on that, have a listen. Um, and then this morning, we're talking about reach the world, sort of our three church goals how they interact with this idea of moving people to following Christ. Um, as I was thinking this week, you know, growing people, caring for people, I've, I was sort of reflecting on my, we do that pretty well in our church, I think. Like, tr- and traditionally speaking, we've done that pretty well. Like, we see a lot of people um, sort of grow up in our church and, and learn about faith, and there's a lot of good things happening there. Um, if you've ever been sick, or been in a troublesome time in your life, like a bit of a crisis, you know you get like 5,000 awesome meals from people everywhere. And, you know, we do that relatively well in our church. But, you know, as I was thinking about it, this sort of idea of reach the world and this idea that, you know, maybe the purpose of a church isn't just that. It's not just to keep our leaves and our branches and our fruit to ourselves but actually it's to give it out. And that's predominantly what we want to focus on this morning. You know, that that is what Jesus talked about, is the kingdom. In Matthew 13, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that then grows into a tree. And in this tree, um, the birds of the air find their rest or make their nest. This idea that, you know, the kingdom of God is a seed it grows into a tree, which is us and a, as a church. We grow into a tree and that people from all over the world make their nest there. That there's something, you know, he goes on to talk about the yeast. The yeast gets worked through the whole dough. It doesn't just stay to its little corner and just affect its little bit, but it works through the whole dough. And I remember sort of going through that clip with our life groups and stuff and watching it again this week. I was just like... Is that us a little bit? Like, is that me as an individual? Is that us as a church or as a a life group or a ministry? Like, are we just sort of keeping all these things to ourselves? It's pretty challenging, you know, to ask that question because I look at my life and I go, yeah, I think it is a bit. Like, I keep so much of the goodness that I have to myself. And... Basically, what we want to talk about this morning is um, 
is that there's something in us, that God actually birthed something in us to actually take that to the world. That every tree is actually to give and to give to the world and to reach out to the world. So um, as we read in John, we're going to talk about um, fruit and uh, talk about, you know, this idea that fruit is never for the tree. Like there is nothing in fruit that sort of benefits the tree itself. But that fruit is for other people and it's to grow more fruit-bearing trees. Yeah, the seeds in it go on. So it's not actually for the tree. Now, I actually can't stand fruit, all right? Just to put that out there, I I do not like fruit. Um, For years, for years, my mum would try and make me make fruit. And she still does. You know, Joel, you need to eat more fruit every time I come home. And it's probably true. Um, But I don't really like it. But throughout high school, it sort of persisted, you know, persisted this idea that you need to eat fruit. So every day in my lunchbox, I'll get an apple. And um, it started in year seven where um, I don't know how this happened, but we were in year seven. We're sort of, if if, if you've been through year seven, you know it's sort of the change of Grade six, you're like the top dogs on the campus. And then year seven, you're like down the bottom out of the food chain. Now, um, there's, a bit of a, but there's a bit of a transition period where you're sort of like, you s- your mind's still in grade six, but physically you're in year seven. And I remember we would buy our lockers in year seven. And all I remember, I don't know how it started, and my memory's not great, but I just remember these like year 11s and 12s, just like running down this hill. And there was like a few steps and then there was our lockers. And we just started getting pelted with like apple cores, with like oranges, mandarins, like anything. Like we just and so being sort of the confident year sevens we were, we returned fire. And this continued on for a few days, like where every recess and lunchtime it just became this all out like fruit throwing war. And um it was kind of cool as well because you know, we got called into the coordinator's office um, a few days later and we just blamed it all on the year 12s and they got all the trouble and we got nothing. So it was great. <laughs> but basically, I didn't know much about fruit. So I had to um, actually go into some, I had to actually think about, like when Jesus is talking about fruit here, what is he talking about? You know, when he says, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Like, what does that, what does that mean? And basically throughout the Bible, there's three um different ways fruit is talked about. So we know um, Glenn's favorite one, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, every time he tries, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Yeah? Fantastic. Yes. I worked on that all week just so I can, you know, prove I can remember it better than Glenn. Um, But don't tell him that. Um, So the fruit of the Spirit, um, that these Basically, characteristics, and if you think about the characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, like, and you read them a bit closer, they're actually not for me. Like, the fruit of the Spirit is not so that I can feel love and feel joy and feel peace, but it's actually that we can give that out to other people, that the peace is more about harmony rather than sort of inner, you know, calmness. It's this idea that this fruit is for you to share with others. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Um... The other one in Jesus, Jesus talks about this in Matthew a couple of times. You know, it talks about 
um, by their fruit. You'll be able to recognize them by their fruit. No good tree can bear bad fruit. No bad tree can bear good fruit. This idea that's more around good works and um, basically what we do with our lives, you know, the actions that we have is our fruit. Um, but then it also talks about um, fruit being sort of a harvest, being people. Um, the parable of the sower is the example where um, at the end Jesus says there'll be 30, 60, 100 times as much, you know, from the good soil um, and as a crop. And the same word crop means fruit. And so this idea that our fruit is our character, it's our good works, and it's the people that come to know Jesus through the gospel that we spread. Um, but in John, I think, you know, the whole chapter is about love and about um, character, and I think it has more to do with our character and, and what that is. But if you think about it, the other thing I know about fruit, and this is why my mom always took because it's good for you, yeah? Like, and if you need fruit to stay healthy, and Jesus said it, you know, I, I've not come to heal the healthy, but to heal the sick. You know, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's everyone else. And this idea that our world is really unhealthy. Like, watch the news for a week and you see, like the last week, you've seen, like, our world is sick and unhealthy. And yes, they need Jesus, but they also need the fruit of the church. So let's not keep our love and our joy and our peace and our patience and our kindness and our goodness and our gentleness and our, our self-control. Let's not keep that to ourselves. Let's not keep that to these four walls of our church or let's not keep that into our life group, but let's actually take that to the world. That's the heart of this passage and that's the heart of what we want to talk about this morning. Does that make sense? Fruit is not for us. It's for others and it's for essentially the next generation because it's to produce more fruit-bearing trees. So let's share our fruit. Um, if you have your Bibles open in John 15, we're going to cover six principles, okay? Six. I know it's not three, but three plus three is six. And so it's like two sermons for the price of one this morning. All right? So six. So if you're taking notes, you can take these down. Six things that we're going to hold on to and that we need to remember when we're reaching the world and when we're sharing our fruit. All right? So number one, uh, in verse eight, um, basically it's for God's glory. Right? So, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Reaching the world, bearing fruit, this cannot be about us. As soon as it is about us, we miss the entire point. It has to be for God's glory. So, it's not about us as a church and, you know, and sort of one hope being known around the area. It's not about me and people realizing how good of a Christian I am and, you know, this guy's got it all together. Look how good he is leading all these people to Christ. And, you know, and I say that because I, I, I wrote it down. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. But like when you actually really think about it, when you really think about it, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, I certainly think about my own glory more than God sometimes, <laughs> a lot of times. You know, that I would love to go to, you know, that there's this deep part in me that I'd love to go to, you know, these youth events that we go to and, you know, when I go to college or MST or whatever and you say, they ask, oh, what church do you go to? 
I'd love it if I said one hope and actually knew what it was. Do you know? Like, oh, that, yeah. Like, let, it's, maybe it's just the human part of me, but I would love that. I'd love that if people would go, oh, Joel Pombeck, oh, I've heard of you. Like, you're doing all this awesome st- Like, let's be honest. Like, sometimes I'm so much more concerned with my glory than God's. But this has to be fueled by a desire to glorify God. Otherwise, we miss the entire point. Because here's what happens. When it's about my glory, I become obsessed with success and the results. Because if the results are there, then I can tell people and then I can be glorified. But when we're about God's glory, it's all about faithfulness. When, God get, when we get to heaven, God doesn't say, well done, good and successful servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Because in the end, we realize that God actually controls the results. That people can't turn to Him. And, you know, no matter how well we reach the world, no matter how well we share the fruit, the result is God's. And He is the one that determines whether people will respond or not. And so, when we're about God's glory, we focus on faithfulness. But as soon as we come about our glory, we focus more on success. And the way that you go about those two things is very different. And you'll begin to show different fruit. You know, I remember hearing a story about a missionary who worked in the Middle East. She was a woman, um, sort of late in her life. She went over to a Middle Eastern country as a missionary. 16 years, she worked with local women. She spread the gospel. She told them about Jesus. She did all, nothing, not one conversion. Imagine, can you imagine 16 years devoting your life, like moving away from your family, your friends, 16 years, nothing. And what happened after, and then basically I think of her, I'm going to see her in heaven. I don't know who she is, but I reckon we'll find out who she is. Because she was faithful. She wasn't successful, but she was faithful. And what God will do is she'll, he'll, she'll show her that after those 16 years, once she died, more missionaries came. And there was a massive revival. And one of them actually writes about it. And they said, we don't know who this woman was, but we've heard about her. And the way that we see it, she took the stones out of the soil so that we could sow. And I thought, that's such a cool picture. Like, she probably felt like this is going nowhere. Nothing is happening. But she was focused on God's, God's glory, focused on faithfulness and obedience. And God is doing something far bigger than she can imagine. So, hold on to that reaching the world, sharing our fruit is all about God's glory. All right, number two. Sorry, I spent way too long on that number one. But it's all right. The next ones will go quicker. Number two, um, verse four and five are pretty encouraging from Jesus. Well, basically he says, you can't do it. Read it. For the, verse five, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Thanks, Jesus. Like, this is his, pretty much his last pep talk to his disciples, you know, right before that he goes into the garden and gets arrested. This is his last sort of big talk to them. They've had the Lord's Supper. He's washed their feet. And then he just says, you know, it's just straight out. You can do nothing apart from me. See, our world is the complete opposite. You know, look at any sort of sports advertising. You know, they tell you, Adidas tells you, you know, impossible is nothing. You can do whatever you want. You are gifted, you're talented, you're unique. 
you can do whatever you put your mind to. Whereas Jesus is the opposite. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's the thing. I think if we're to reach the world as individuals, as a church, if we're to share our fruit, we actually need to realize that it's a bit impossible. Not a bit. It's completely impossible. And that apart from Jesus, we can't do it. I mean, think about it. If you, if you ever sort of thought about what the gospel is, you know, God created the world, humanity sinned, you know, and, you know, it's like it says in Corinthians, it's, it's foolish, foolishness to the world. It doesn't make sense. It needs faith to make sense of what the gospel is. We know, because God has enlightened us and he's opened our eyes, we know that it's true. But when you share it, you know, it doesn't really sound, you know, it's foolishness to the world. But the Holy Spirit will work and Jesus will work if we abide in him. Nine times in the passage it says, abide in, abide in me or abide in my love or abide in my word. Nine times, just repeated, abide in me, abide in me abide in me. You cannot do this yourself. You cannot reach the world. You cannot share your fruit on your own. And so we need to abide in him. We need to stay connected to the Jesus. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the other branches. And, and that's the tension, isn't it? We're to go out to the world, but we're still to care for our own. We're to go out to the world, but still be a family that loves and encourages. And it, we need to keep that tension of both. We can't lose one without the other. So stay connected to the vine. Number three is uh, just as encouraging, I feel. Um, you will get cut. Think about this. Jesus says, uh, every branch that does not bear fruit gets cut off. And you think, okay, cool. Um, I'll make sure I bear fruit. But then he says, um, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You still get cut, even if you bear the fruit. It can be a bit annoying, but basically, what does that, what does that mean for us? You know, if we're going to get cut, it basically, go easy on ourselves. You might think, I'm getting cut off, I'm not doing the right thing, but maybe God's just pruning us. Maybe God's just shaping us for more growth in the future. So in hard times, in struggle times, you know, when you've been working 16 years and you're seeing no fruit, just keep being faithful, keep being obedient. God's pruning us and shaping us. Our cause to be faithful, not successful. And so be patient. Be patient. And I guess in some ways, prepare, prepare for a harder road. <laughs> prepare to be frustrated that it's not going to go perfectly well for you all the time and if we if we are aware of that if we're aware that we will get cut that things won't be so easy and we need to abide in christ i think we'll be all right on the flip side number four is this that's what i love right right at the end of verse 11 it says uh, i tell you these things that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full You know, this is a hard road. To, to go out into the world, to share the fruit that we have, like, that is not easy. But I tell you what, 
it'll fill you with joy. And it'll, it'll get you going, it'll get you excited, and it's a joyous pursuit. Um, for me, I love, you know, I'm still working at Officeworks, you know, and it's one of my few non-Christian contexts. And it's actually, there's been a couple of times where I've had some God conversations with people, and it is most, like, exhilarating thing, like, ever. Like, I thought the other night was exciting. The other night was exciting because all the lights went out in the store. It was like, oh, we're going to go home early? Like, what happens here? All these people, like, with their torches, like, trying to pick what pen they want. I'm like, oh, this is exciting. But, but the God conversations are way more exciting than that. Trust me. Because you just don't know what's going to happen. This is, why, right, this is a true story where... Um, it was January. It was really hot. It's back to school time. It is like the worst time to work at Officeworks. And one guy is just like, oh, man, it's so hot. I can't stand this. I'm like, really? Like, I love the heat. Like, it's good. We can wear shorts, you know, and go home, jump in the pool. Like, it's great. It's like, oh, no, nah, man. And he's like, you're a Christian, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, question for you. And this is where, like, you just know, like, oh, what is this going to be? All right? He goes, heaven, is it hot or cold? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like what, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, if, uh, if it's hot, it'll be heaven for you, but it'll be hell for me. All right? So what is it? And I'm just like, you're kidding me. Like, and like, it's not like, and I'm just like, um, God's got climate control under control. That's what I said. And he's like, oh, yeah, fair enough. I'm like, like, he wasn't concerned with the answer, but he was concerned with how I, how I was going to answer. You know, in this sense that, and I just remember walking away from it. I was just like, I just talked to someone about heaven. You know, like, I was so excited. You know, the other day I was at, I was at work as well, and this guy asked me about Hillsong, and he's like, oh, you went to Sydney, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just went for, you know, a week, and, I was too chicken to say that I went to Hillsong. He's like, oh, yeah, how was Hillsong? He, I'm like, he'd seen my Facebook and, like, he knew. Anyway, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good, you know. I didn't know, did, like, do you know about it? And he's like, and then he's like, in language that I won't repeat, but he said, they're really rich people. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And we had a little talk about it. And, and it's just interesting, like, just that conversation afterwards, I felt like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Like, that's why I'm here, to talk to people about Jesus and, even if it is as simple as climate control in heaven, like, there's something about it that gets us going. So as we reach the world, as we share our fruit, believe and trust that while it's not easy, it, it is this sense of joy as we live as God wants us to live. Number five, you were chosen for this. In verse 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Have you ever been chosen for an important task? Has anyone like ever been given an important task to do? And you were like chosen out of like 100 people, you were the one chosen. Has anyone ever had that? A few of you? I was in, um, I was in under eights, soccer. All right. Knox Church's soccer club, Knox Park, 1999. I was there. Michael DeCrezzo was our coach, and I do not know the game situation. In my head, 
I feel like it was an important moment of the game. It was one all. You know, we got a penalty. Now, like I said, the details around it are, are blurry. All I remember was Michael going, Joel, take the penalty. And, like, we had guns in our team. Like, there's this guy, Sankby, this little Asian kid who was awesome. We had Stefan, this little Italian kid who was awesome. And he goes, Joel, take the penalty. I'm like, all right. And, like, I remember this clear as day. Put the ball down. It was a bit muddy, as it was at Knox Park. And all I'm thinking in my head, side foot, side foot, just pass it in. And I walk up, and I go, side foot, but it turns into a bit more of a side ankle. And it literally rolls five meters and the keeper picks it up. All right. You can imagine under eight, like devastated, devastated. Now I look back though. And I think, look, young Joel, that's not your fault. Why did Michael choose you? (laughs) I'm going to have a word to him because it's his fault. He appointed me to do the task, the task that I couldn't do. So maybe it's his fault more than mine. You know, I think for us, if we're Christians here today, we need to realize that Jesus has appointed us to take the penalty. Jesus has chosen us to go out and to live this out. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, if it rolls five meters and you're unsuccessful, you can go blame the coach in heaven, all right? You can take your complaints to him when you get there and you can just see the bigger picture and he'll show you what actually happened you know what did actually happen with my penalty is that since then i've only missed one since but that was but i've scored a lot of other ones so you know maybe there was more to it than just missing that one on earth god has chosen us to reach the world and to bear fruit he's appointed you and me to go out and do it in the, context that, in the context that we're in, the worlds that, and the spheres that we're in, He's chosen us. And you might think, there's better players on the team. And you might think, I'm going to stuff this up and it's going to roll five minutes. But no, God's appointed you. And if you want encouragement, go to the Word and see the people that God uses. Look at Abraham, you know. Promised to be the father of nations. He has no kids at age 100. And so he organizes to sleep with his servant to sort of get, take things into his own control. Look at Jacob. He was a deceitful little rat since he was born. You know, and consistently just doing things out of line. Look at Moses. Moses couldn't speak. He couldn't publicly speak. And he's chosen to lead the people of Israel. Look at Samson. Samson had all these girl issues. David, David had girl issues and then he covered them up with murder. Jonah had obedience issues. Saul, you know, Saul, the great guy who's going to get converted, you know, he had issues killing Christians. And yet God saves him and says, you're going to take my light to the Gentiles. So God has chosen us with all of our flaws, with all of our brokenness. He's chosen us to go and bear fruit. We don't have it all together. We don't have all the answers to the questions. We might get stumped by heaven weather questions. We'll drift in and out of selfishness and we'll think about our own glory more than God sometimes. But you know what? God has called us and appointed us to go and bear fruit. 
And so abide in him. Stay with him. You ca- we can't do it our own. And so we'll stay with him. And lastly, number six, sort of right off that. You know, Jesus says, says it twice in the passage. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you, ask whatever, it, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It says it twice. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. This idea that if we abide in Jesus and we abide in his word, our, our hearts will change like Donna sort of prayed this morning. You know, our hearts change as we stay connected with Jesus, as we worship him, as we stay in his word. Our hearts change. And so Jesus says, ask whatever you want. Nine times it says, abide in me. And numerous times it says, you can do nothing yourself. And so what do we need to commit to do? We need to commit to pray. Pray, pray, pray. We need to keep praying for our lost and broken world. We need to keep praying for the people in our lives that don't know Jesus. We need to pray that God would continue to send us out. You know, Matthew, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the field. That's my prayer this morning, that God would send us out into the field and that you know, because the harvest is plentiful. There are people that will respond. There are people that need to hear it, that need to feel and need to experience Jesus through us. And so we need to pray, we need to pray. And that's how we want to finish off this morning. We're not going to sing to the ends of the earth. We sing that song a lot. But we need to pray that and we need to act that. So what I want you to do is just take 30 seconds to a minute and on your phone or your paper, whatever it is, I want us to ask this question of ourselves. What is our field? And what, is, what is the field that God is sending us out into? Or maybe more so, who is the field? And this is about moving people to following Jesus. And I think too often, we, um, too often we revert to, I want to reach this people, and so we're going to do this program, and it's going to run this way, and all this sort of stuff. And you know what? Yeah, programs are great, but I think... More so, we need to just get back to reaching people. One-on-one, getting to know them, listening to them, and sharing the good news with them. So have a think about it. 30 seconds. Write one or two people. You can probably write a list of five to ten. But just one or two people that you want to reach, that you want to share your fruit with. Hopefully you've all got one or two people down. Think about it. Now, I know we've prayed in groups already, but we're going to do it again because I think it's a good thing to do. If you want to just find two or three people next to you, don't make them too big. Just get in groups of three or four max. What we want to do is just spend five minutes just praying for those people on our list. Just praying. God, give us opportunities. God, give us um, connections. Help us to make time to see them. Whatever it is, pray that they would be responsive and we're just going to pray for that. Is that all right? Yeah? All right. <laughs> Good energy. Um, find a couple of people and let's pray. And I believe that prayer will change things, so be careful what you pray for. All right? 
If you're, gonna, if you're ready to go out, then pray for them. If you need the courage for it, pray for that. Whatever it is, pray for it. And may this be the beginning of what we do. Yeah, so God, we, um, we pray. We pray for these people on our list. God, the people that we thought about, God, pray that we would send us out. That the harvest is full, but the workers are few. So God, send us out. Give us opportunities to speak. Give us opportunities to share your love and your grace. And may we live it as well, God. May we share the gospel with word and deed. And God, I just pray that as we, as we reach out, that you would walk with us, that we would know your nearness. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work powerfully as we seek to follow you into the call that you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Just as we wrap up, um, we're going to finish things there. I um, just want to encourage us. You know, I love coming here each week. I love coming to One Hope. I love the worship, the teaching, the people. I see the fruits of the Spirit expressed. You know, but then I go out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and I see a world that needs what we have here. And it doesn't happen by us passively waiting. It happens by us actively going. Uh, Hillsong United, they wrote a song a few years ago, and it says this, the first lines, Tear down the walls to see the world. Is there something we have missed? Turn from ourselves to look beyond. There is so much more than this. And that's my prayer for us, that in some ways the, we'll tear down the walls. We'll tear down the walls of you know, our our church confines would tear down the walls of our, our homes and our life groups and our ministries and that what happens here would go out to the world. So I want to encourage you that as you do that, I'm believing that Jesus will work powerfully, that the Holy Spirit will speak powerfully and that there'll be an impact in the lives of the people that we know, that there'll be change and that as Jesus as people meet Jesus, that there will be great things happening. Amen? Amen. So let me just pray to finish us off. Father, we pray that you would send us out. God, so often we commission mission teams and we think about that. And God, I guess in some ways we want to commission us. God, as we go out into the mission field this week, as we interact with people in our jobs and in our unis and our homes and everywhere we go, God, I pray that we would share the good news. The good news of your Son who saved us and who's given us life. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would orchestrate things and that you would work powerfully in us and that we would see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Alright, have a blessed Sunday everyone. Hang around for some food and stuff. If you want prayer for anything, 
our prayer team will be up here. And we'll see you next week uh, on Sunday morning and also next Sunday night as well as our prayer service. So have a great week, everyone.